This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to Green Talk, a podcast series from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Green Talk helps listeners in their efforts to lead more eco-friendly lifestyles through interviews with top vendors, authors, and experts from around the world. We discuss the critical issues facing the global environment today, as well as the technologies, products, and practices that you can employ to go greener in every area of your life. Hey everybody, thanks for listening in as always on Green Talk Radio. This is Sean Daly and today we're going to be talking about indoor air quality and air quality certifications and to talk with me about that is Laura Spriggs, the communications manager for GreenGuard, GreenGuard Environmental Institute. Laura, thank you for being with us. Hey, thanks Thanks for having me, Sean. You bet. Well, I've heard a lot about GreenGuard. Uh, it's come up, uh, as you and I were talking off mic before the program, it's come up quite a bit on other podcast interviews that I've done on this show, um, just with people referring to uh, the good work that you guys are doing with indoor air quality um, as a certification, a standard that, that companies can uh, can try to meet. And so I want to hear a little bit more. How, how did GreenGuard get started and what do you do? Um, GreenGuard focuses on indoor air quality. Um, in a in a few ways, I guess the, probably what we're what we're best known for is our product certification program, and we developed um, criteria for acceptable emissions from products. Um, what we learned was that um, products uh, emit all sorts of different chemicals into the indoor air, and um, as buildings have become more energy efficient, and we've sealed them up tighter. Some of these chemicals have become trapped in the indoor air, and they just get circulated and recirculated, and they accumulate, creating very high levels of indoor air pollution. And everyone seems to be very familiar with outdoor air pollution, but um, few know that indoor air pollution is typically two to three times worse than outdoor air pollution. And in the case of a newly constructed or um, newly renovated project, it can be as much as a thousand times worse than outdoor air pollution because of all the new products that you bring in to your project, off-gassing chemicals. Um, that so, so that new car smell isn't so good for you. That new car smell is exactly um, is exactly an analogy that I like to use, um, and and so it, yes, it's, it's not so good for you. <laughs> So do you recommend, I mean, sorry, I'm skipping, uh, probably jumping ahead here, but do you recommend that, you know, during the beginning of having a new home or I guess a new car, although I understand that's probably not your bailiwick, but, you know, to really increasing the ventilation even more than, say, later on? Yeah, increased um, outdoor ventilation is is a great way to help get some of those chemicals out and, um, you know, I guess recommending in a newly constructed project or or in a renovation using a 100% outdoor ventilation during um, any of the installation processes, and, um, and and what that means is you know opening the windows, opening the doors so that those chemicals can get out, and um, you can also in, in lead the lead program, the U.S. Green Building Council's program for sustainability, actually. Um, recommends that you perform a, a clearance test, which is where an expert comes in and tests the air quality before the occupants move in, um, and or conducts what they call building flush out, which is for two weeks after construction is completed to flush the building out with 
um, outdoor air to try to get those chemicals out. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. We have so many, and I've gone through, you know, building projects, specifically a remodel uh, project that was, uh, well, I mean, just the paperwork and the code and the, you know, all the things, all the, you know, the tests you have to pass the, along the way to get through the process. It, you know, you would think that one of them would be measuring indoor air quality. And I, I hope it's someday, at some point in the future, we'll see that. Are, is there any possibility of that being on the horizon right now? Well, I think um, as as sustainable programs continue to take root, you know, LEED has been very popular. That's the Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design program that I mentioned with the USGBC. And, um, you know, that program continues to expand. They started off with just a new construction program that also involved major renovations. They've expanded it to LEED for Schools, which is specific to the school environment. They're also developing a health care right now. Um, and um, they have a home, a LEED for Homes in Pilot. So I think, um, you know, we're definitely seeing more more people adopting sustainable building programs. And as long as those um, criteria and standards for indoor air quality and, and, of course, the other aspects that LEED focuses on, but as long as those are part of, of those programs, they will be adopted. And uh, I think we'll see a tremendous growth. I mean, already consumers are becoming so much more educated about green and and sustainability and what products they should use and what processes they should be implementing, um, you know, on their do-it-yourself projects. Now, you mentioned LEED, and it's interesting because I wanted to bring that up. I'm curious, for people listening in that aren't familiar with LEED, it's the Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design uh, part of the, from the USGBC Green Building Council, and they focus on, I know they focus on, like, sustainable site development, like water Mm -hmm. savings, energy efficiency, materials, uh, but I also understand indoor environmental quality is part of of that specification. So how how does GreenGuard relate to LEED, or does it, or do you guys kind of pick up where they leave off? Um, no, actually, we're um, indoor environmental quality is um, a, a big section in LEED. I think it, I think it actually accounts for twenty um, percent of the credits in the LEED program. And the what we refer to as the the IEQ indoor environmental quality section focuses on thermal comfort, um, visual quality, acoustic quality, and of course indoor air quality. And that's where we would come in. One of the strategies for improving indoor air quality is to specify low-emitting materials. And that, so that's exactly what, what we work on, is we work on certifying um, low-emitting materials. And we're, um, the LEED program actually references uh, the GreenGuard um, certification and the GreenGuard standard for emissions levels, um, which is the chemical off-gassing of those products. So if you use a GreenGuard certified product um, in some of those different LEED rating systems, you can achieve points um, in the EQ credit section. Okay, so Green Guard certification is part of, or can be part of the way to achieve LEED certification. That's correct, because LEED only focuses on building certification, and that's also something out there that that people tend to get confused about. Um, LEED is is not a a product certification. Um, They reference other standards, and and so like Green Guard or Green Seal or um, FSC, which is the... um, uh, the Forestry Stewardship Council. Um, so they, they reference other standards in there to help achieve the credits that will then get you a building certification. Okay, got it. Thank you for clearing that up. 
Sure. Well, I'm, I'm curious because, you know, certification programs, especially in, in the, the LOHAS industry, which, you know, lifestyles of health and sustainability, which is sort of like the green industry, another another word for it, um, get some of the certification programs out there have taken knocks for being, you know, uh, also RANs or, or vendor-generated programs. We've seen ones, and I'm certainly not suggesting green guards in that, in that area. In fact, you guys seem to be among the few that are truly recognized widely by lead and other parties as being objective. I'm just curious, though, about, um, you know, what, what makes GreenGuard different from any other per- certification programs for indoor air quality that may be out there, or um, certification programs in general, the way you run your, your practices? Sure. Uh, well, we focus on just one aspect, uh, indoor air quality, so looking at chemical emissions. So that kind of sets, sets us apart, um, just focusing on, on that one aspect. Uh, we're also industry independent, and what that means is we're unbiased. We're not affiliated with any industry. Um, we actually certify products across pretty much any industry uh, that would involve indoor products, so flooring and adhesives and paints and furniture and um, you know mattresses. Uh, we're actually expanding, expanding more into some of those consumer products like mattresses and cribs, and so that's really exciting to see because more consumers will be able to go to our, our website and look for those products. Um, but you know we're not we're not tied to an industry. We're always trying to raise the bar, um, and we think that that's really important. There are some industry uh, standards out there um, for paints, for furniture, um, for carpets and rugs, and they're doing great things by helping um, the members of their industry or all the manufacturers within that industry uh, bring their products up to a level um, acceptable level in terms of the the quality and. Um, and also looking at now more and more at environmental impacts. But um, industry independence is, is very important in terms of verifying that the claims that manufacturers are making are indeed true. Okay, and I'm, I'm just curious about the, these indoor air quality standards. How are they established? Um, well, actually, the the criteria that we've set and the, and the standards that we've established um, are kind of a combination of a, of a lot of different um criteria and standards that were out there. Um, the state agencies like the state of Washington was actually a um, probably the first leader um, that was looking at um, you know what can we what can we do to establish better indoor air quality because they had some sick buildings back in the I think it was in the eighties that they wanted to test and find out, you know, why were their employees getting sick and um, so the state of Washington has done great things. The state of California continues to um, raise the bar in terms of um, indoor air quality standards. And, and then, of course, you've got the EPA, um, you know, the Environmental Protection Agency, um, that has established standards for indoor air quality. Um, you've got uh, organizations like the South Coast Air Quality Management District that has standards, um, the World Health Organization. So there's a lot of different organizations out there. And so, you know, we look at what they're doing, and then we try to just, raise the bar a little bit more on what we feel are acceptable levels of chemical emissions because we we really want um, to know what the exposure is of occupants from those chemicals and what, what can the impact be even at the small, smallest level of emissions um, because it, it might not just be one chemical in particular, but it's, it's some of all the chemicals together uh, that can create the problem. Okay. 
Now, I'm just switching gears a little bit for a second. I, I was curious what advice you would have for homeowners who are out there listening in today on this podcast and are concerned about their indoor air quality, whether it's a new home or an existing home. And they're just, they're just, especially after the, you know, anywhere from three to four to a thousand times outdoor air pollution. I think that gets a lot of people's attention. It certainly got mine. Um, what would you recommend that those folks do to, uh, you know, help uh, ensure that they have a healthier home? Um, well, if you think that you have an indoor air quality issue, um, then you, you can get a, a test and you can contact. There's a lot of um, experts that will come out and do the testing or that will send test kits and you can conduct the test yourself and oh, then okay. send them into a lab to have them evaluated. So if you think there's already a problem, um, I recommend having your air quality tested. Um, if you are... You know, if you're just doing a major renovation or doing, um, you know, a rehab of your home, then look at the products that you're bringing in and um, make sure that they're low-emitting um, because you don't want to bring those chemicals into your home. And even with low-emitting materials, um, any practice that you're going to be doing, any any kind of major construction or renovation you're going to be doing in your home, you you want to have an indoor air quality management program, which is that 100% outdoor ventilation, you know, during painting or doing a, or maybe during a flooring installation. Um, it's also proper sequencing of events. There's something called the sink effect, and um, what that refers to is products that are more porous, like furniture, you know, fabrics. Um, uh, ceiling tiles and walls, they can absorb chemicals. So if you're going to be bringing in wet products like adhesives and paints, you'd want to do the wet before the dry. You know, don't install your furniture and don't install your carpet until after you've in, in, um, used some of those wet products inside. Oh, I so see. So proper sequencing, um, outdoor ventilation, and using low-emitting materials are, are three of the big ones. Okay, interesting. Good, that's mm-hmm. good information to have. Um, so I'm curious about, you know, as far as the product certifications, how can a consumer identify a product that's been certified by GreenGuard? Do you have to go to the website, or is there a big sticker on the side of the product? Uh, well, it's both. The, you know, hopefully when you're when you're out shopping for um, for products. Uh, you can you will see the Green Guard certification mark on products that have been certified. So that's a really good indicator um, because uh, manufacturers are licensed to use the mark once they've been through the testing and certification. They're licensed to use the mark on their products, on their packaging, so that you can easily identify them. Um, but the best place to go uh, would be our website, and that's www.greenguard.org, and we have a product guide there where you can look for products um, in, by category, you know, furniture, adhesive, paint, or you can look by, um, you know, specific manufacturer, you know, say there's a, a manufacturer of a chair that you really like, and you can go and, and look and see if they have products and search only for their products. So there's some different categories that make it um, very easy, and then you can link directly to those manufacturer websites to find that product or to create a list for yourself so that then you can go and look for them. So we don't sell the products. We just list them on the website. So it's a, it's a resource and a tool, and it's constantly updated. Um, there's over 150,000 different products that are represented um, in our product guide. Okay, great. And, you know, and I'm just, I, I want to not be guilty of helping to maybe perpetuate a misnomer or mislead people. We were talking about in the beginning, you know, I mentioned the new car smell, and you mentioned that's a metaphor you've used too. But it seems to me that uh, there's got to be a lot of silent killers that are odorless out there that you shouldn't just assume based on your, my house smells bad, therefore I might have an indoor air quality problem. But it very well may be that you have a problem and can't smell it, as it were. 
That's true, and and that's why um, using low emitting materials is so important because chemicals that you can't detect with your nose um, can be detected um, in the chamber when they're tested. And so, you know, I like to tell people that, you know, smell's a good indicator that there is something in the air, but that something might not necessarily be bad. Um, so really, unless those products are tested, uh, you don't really know what the what the levels are um, of different chemicals. So, so yeah, I mean, you can't you can't always smell the bad chemicals, and chemicals that smell bad <laughs> aren't necessarily the, the the most offensive ones. Right. Um, so it's kind of tricky, but you know, smell is a good indicator. So if you smell something funny. Um, if there is a strong odor, and certainly if you start feeling um, some of the health impacts like headache, nausea, itchy eyes, you know, sore throat, scratchy throat, um, you know, it can also trigger asthma and allergies. So if you experience any of those symptoms, then aside from the smell, those are those are even better indicators that there's something in the air that um, isn't isn't so good. Right, particularly if those things are happening more frequently while you're inside the home and seem to go Absolutely. away when you're gone. Absolutely. When you yeah, when you leave the when you leave the environment, um, you know, if, if those if those impacts tend to subside then you can you can pretty much target that it's that environment or something in that environment that's making me sick. And in some cases, um, there's something called building related illness where those symptoms can be longer lasting. So even after you leave that polluted environment you can continue to have um, those symptoms, and um, and that's that's when there's um, usually more toxic chemicals involved. Yeah, and it really, and it's a significant problem for a lot of people. There are also people that are very chemically sensitive. There's a large segment of the population, and actually, Deborah Lynn Dad, who has been a guest on this program and also writes for the site, has uh, talked to us and written about this on the site about um, you know people who are chemically sensitive and, and things to uh, to manage. And I, I think she refers to Green Guard in some of her writing as well. So something for people to check out if they're listening in today and want to get a little bit more information if they think they might be chemically sensitive uh, to begin with. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, great. Well, Laura Spriggs, who is the communications manager for Green Guard Environmental Institute, has been my guest today. Laura, thank you so much for being on the program with us, and we'd love to have you back again sometime. Great. I sure hope so. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, as always, to everyone listening in today. Remember, for more free on-demand podcasts, articles, videos, and other information related to living a greener lifestyle, visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions. Send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.